0: Hi, I'm Brian.
1: And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies,
0: a podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it.
1: Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies.
0: Well, hello, and welcome to episode 45 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, Halloween time is here.
1: Halloween time is here. Oh my gosh, it is. I'm so excited. It's the beginning of my favorite time of year.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of people's favorite time of year. You know, you got the uh, you got the fall flavors, you got the cool weather, you got football, you have bonfires, you have trick or treating, and you have Halloween, uh, which is pretty exciting. So, uh, Michaela, I guess, have you always been a big fan of you know this Halloween season, getting into some scary movies, getting some candy?
1: Yes. So my birthday happens right around Halloween. Uh, Like Mm -hmm. right around Halloween. So it's always been kind of a a double celebration for me. I love everything about Halloween. I love to dress up. I like to eat fun candy. I like to make fun, like Halloween baking goods and stuff. I'm not any good at it, but I love to eat it and I love to try. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love everything about Halloween. I think it's so fun. I think it's a great um, time to commune with your neighbors too. If you, do trick-or-treating or go to fall festivals. That's been really hard to do in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do love, I love a good Halloween season. What about you?
0: Yeah, so Halloween is pretty good. I'm not a huge fan of dressing up, but I am a huge fan of the Reese's uh peanut butter cup, a pumpkin uh, shape. That's the best one that you can get for the whole year, basically. So that's good. Um, I'm a big fan of all of the fall beers and fall cocktails. I like having a good bonfire uh, and sitting outside, hanging out in the cool weather, wearing a hoodie, being comfortable. Uh, you know, so it's the best time of year, pretty much. And we have a lot of really good, uh, you know, spooky movies to talk about. Uh, for a Halloween month, and we are starting that one up today. And, you know, if we're going to be getting into these, if we're going to be doing some trick-or-treating, uh, you know, getting our pumpkins, carving our jack-o'-lanterns, you know what we need, Michaela, is a good cocktail.
1: We do. We need a great cocktail. And, you know, I know just the guy, this psychopath. Everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. He can't die. He started the whole slasher film yeah conundrum that everybody has found themselves in i'm talking about the one the only michael myers
0: that's right well i don't know if laurie loves him but we definitely love his cocktail so why don't we take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about it
1: so this week's cocktail comes from the youtube channel secret of the booze it's really fun they do a Mm -hmm. lot of movie inspired cocktails and this one is epically great it's uh Obviously, we're doing Halloween, uh, the film, in 19, mm-hmm. the 1978 film. And this cocktail is inspired by this week's masked icon, Michael Myers.
0: Yeah, that's right. So Secret of the Booze is pretty fun. I was watching a couple of their other videos. Their logo is like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Secret of the Ooze uh, logo, which is pretty fun. They do a lot of movie and like video game type of things. But this week's cocktail, uh, it's basically a riff on an Irish coffee. Now, this is the second uh, kind of Irish coffee we did. We did one way back in episode two, uh, which was Elf, a very different film than Halloween, uh, but still delicious nonetheless. So let's throw this thing together. So you're going to get yourself a coffee mug and you're going to put in one ounce of Irish whiskey, one ounce of rum chata. And then you're going to fill that puppy up with as much or as little pumpkin spice coffee as you'd like. Uh, Now, in the YouTube video, they say to stir it up and serve it with a very scary looking knife. I say, don't do that. That's dangerous. Don't drink things with knives in them. Uh, But what you should do is you should get some pumpkin spice biscotti and cut it into the shape of a knife, which is more delicious and more fun.
1: Yes, and probably safer. Yes. 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 And Brian, you did a really great job of doing just that. I have to say the biscotti not only is delicious, but it looks real spooky and amazing. So um, this drink is very different than the ones we've done in the last couple of weeks that were very involved and Mm -hmm. had a lot of crazy ingredients. This is just three ingredients. Um, It takes, I don't know, seven and a half seconds to put together once you got all the stuff kind of lined up. What did you think?
0: Uh, so this is delicious. I love an Irish coffee. I love coffee. I love booze and coffee together. Um, I love pumpkin spice coffee. Although disclaimer, I did make a tragic mistake when I went to the store and accidentally bought decaf pumpkin spice coffee. Uh, but that was okay. It was it was still good nonetheless. So lesson learned: double check those bags of uh, coffee you get uh, so you don't grab the wrong one like I did. Uh, now. This one, yeah, like you said, it came together really easily. It's an ounce of the Irish whiskey and an ounce of the rum chata. Um, And the recipe they use, Jameson, I actually went to the liquor store, and they were flat out of Jameson. All sizes, all shapes. Uh, It was the weirdest thing. Uh, Apparently, glass shortages and all sorts of shortages are among us. So I ended up going with Tullamore Dew for mine, which is fine, because that is the uh, same one we used in the uh, Elf episode, because we based that on the Buena Vista Cafes Irish coffee, and that's the Irish whiskey that they use there. So uh, no harm there. You could use any kind of whiskey you want in this. But yeah, I mean, it's delicious. It's very fall flavor-like. And yeah, it it sets the tone and gets you ready to you know, get into one of the all-time classic slasher films.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, what I liked about this one in comparison to some of the other Irish coffees that I've seen is that it has the cream built in with the rum chata. And Mm so I I don't like uh, black coffee. I I mean, I can do it, but it's not my favorite. I could literally drink this all day long. So I could probably use that decaf pumpkin coffee because in the middle of the night when I was still drinking it, I was like totally wired. And uh, that's not good for anybody because people need to sleep, especially people like me who are old. So I thought this was a much improved version. Um, And I love the extra kind of spice around the pumpkin spice. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on the brand that you get, so I think I got Dunkin' Donuts has a pumpkin spice, so it's nothing super special. It mm-hmm. wasn't extra pumpkiny, but if you like that, you can always do a, a shot of pumpkin flavoring, or you can do a double. Sh- you know, you can do a double strength if you really want that pungent kind of pop of pumpkin. This was mine was really subtle, but it was so nice because. It with the cream and the it was just very comforting, which I needed Mm. to watch this story about this psychotic killer who is, you know, walking around in a William Shatner mask.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You definitely need that. So, well, we have these made up. So why don't we grab our biscotti knives? We'll use those for protection. And if we end up being okay, we can just eat them as a snack along the way. And we'll take a quick break and we will be back to talk about the 1978 classic Halloween.
1: Spoiler warning for Halloween. If you've not yet seen John Carpenter's slasher flick Halloween, stop, press pause, go grab yourself a Michael Myers-inspired Irish coffee, come back, and we can chat about it. But keep all your clothes on, please.
0: Yes. Keep your keep your clothes on. Um, Now, this, uh, as we mentioned, John Carpenter classic came out in 1978. So if you've not seen this, uh, you probably have decided that, you know, Halloween scary movies are not for you because this is one of the classics kind of kicked off this slasher film genre kind of thing. And it stars Donald Pleasance, uh, Tony Moran as uh, Michael Myers and introducing to the world, Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: Oh yeah, she's so young in this. She became like the screaming like chick. That was a yeah. scream queen, right? That's what her mm-hmm. the whole. There was this whole genre of films around uh, girls that are screaming as you know psychotic killers are running after them. It was very good for her.
0: Yeah, she did a that's... lot of other
1: amazing things as well, but this this was the first first of many steps.
0: Yeah, and she's played uh, played the uh, character Laurie Stroud. You know. Uh, several times now, but yeah, this got her career started off. Um, as I was watching it, I hadn't seen it in a couple of years, but watching it and looking at her, I'm like, she basically looks exactly the same right now as she does, except her hair is <laughs> short and not long like it was in 1978. But yeah, her yeah. face identical. It's amazing.
1: Totally, yeah. Like the the whole, her whole body is amazing. It's it's just insane. I don't know if she's been drinking dragon's blood or maybe. Michael Myers, who also can't be killed and doesn't age. I don't know if like some of their osmosis has happened. I don't know. But uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, you still look amazing and you're amazingly talented. So um, yeah, this was a really uh, interesting film. I don't think I'd ever seen it in its entirety before watching it for the pod. Uh, mm-hmm. full disclosure. So I remember seeing certain scenes um, and why I prefaced everybody to keep their clothes on is because one of the things I noticed about this is there's so much gratuitous like nudity that does not need to be there. It's mm-hmm. that that part did not age super well. Um, so yeah I mean who like what I don't know they go to their they yeah. there's a lot of people that just take their clothes off uh, because they spilled <laughs> some butter on their shirt so they have to get naked. It's real weird. Um that doesn't happen anymore. I don't know. Maybe that was a thing in 1978.
0: Well, this kind of kicked that off, right, for these Kind of campy slasher of flicks. It was one of the one of the tropes, right? If like a couple was uh, getting it on somewhere in the uh, in this movie, then that was sealing their fate. They were assured to die. So you know, uh, keep your distance from you know boyfriends, girlfriends, you know whatever, and you will be safe to go. But this film, it's kind of played out in like three parts. So it starts off um, in 1963. It's Haddonfield, Illinois, um, and you get like this like hand. Held point of view shot of like this house. It's like this white house. It's kind of nice, nice looking house. And it's going, it's like going up to the window. You're like, what's happening? None of this looks good. Uh, you see, like the, you know, the sister and her boyfriend are in there, you know, making out, uh, you know, having a grand time on the couch before they decide to go upstairs. And it kind of follows like in through the house, up up the stairs. Uh, and you'll see from this uh, point of view, uh, knife coming down into the sister, not good. And it goes out, uh, kind of follows, you know, the same point of view out the front door. And that's where we're introduced to, uh, to the killer, uh, much to everyone's surprise, Michaela. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, this scene is really well put together. I think one of the things that has aged really well is it's still great cinematography um, mm-hmm. done. Uh, it, it's kind of got this mix of like handheld stuff and then these open gaping shots where you have to find something creepy in the shot itself. And once you find it, you can't unsee it. And so this opening part was really great in that you when you finally see who the killer is, it's a child. And he's holding this knife. He's got like this super sweet looking, um, although yet totally creepy clown costume on. And -hmm. he's taken off the clown uh, mask. And he's like this doe, like blonde haired blue eyed kid. Who's like Mm -hmm. staring really creepily in, into the camera and his knife is still covered in blood. And it's just really creepy. And it's then the shot really pans out um, where everything's kind of frozen. Like the, parents are like, Michael, what's going on? What, you know, as you would with when your eight-year-old comes out covered in blood. Um, but they're kind of staring at him and the shot just kind of freezes, but then it pans out. So you see that, you know, the house again, and it's on this street and, um, yeah, it's, you don't know why you never really know why. And I think that's another reason, like you don't understand why he did it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) So, um, it's just this un- the unknown is almost scarier than knowing.
0: Yeah, because there's no dialogue from uh, young Michael Myers through the thing, right? It, it just kind of happens, and then it's it's very very shocking. I mean, especially in 1978, this had to have just been like mind blowing when the camera pulls back and you just see that it's like a little kid and not you know, what you think is going to be, you know, adult uh, Michael Myers. But yeah, that's kind of how it starts. And then we skip ahead to introduce kind of our next character. We've met Michael Myers now. Uh, so 1978, this is uh, in Smith Grove, Illinois. And we are headed to the asylum because Michael Myers is up for, I don't know, it's like like parole or they're going to let him out of the asylum. But his doctor, um, who is played by Donald Pleasance, his name is Loomis, Dr. Loomis, um, is going... Uh, to the asylum, because basically he wants to tell them that uh, no, under no circumstances should he ever be let out of this asylum, because that would be bad. And he's right, because <laughs> it would be bad. And it is bad. So
1: it is real bad. And of course, something goes wrong. They're there. in again, it's pouring down rain. It's the middle of the night. I don't know what they're doing. Um, You know, we just reserve reserve disbelief for later when it gets even more unbelievable. But um. They get there. There's a lot of uh, inmates that are kind of roaming the grounds, and the mm-hmm. doctor is like, "What's going on?" And so this big, uh, you know, kind of escape ensues, and Michael Myers steals the the station wagon and escapes. And the doctor and his the nurse that was accompanying him, they're safe, um, although albeit a little scared. And but the doctor knows, hey. Um, this is real bad, um, this ki- this guy, Michael Myers, is pure evil. He's gonna go back to Haddonfield. Um, he must know kind of more about why he would be doing that rather than just moving on and going somewhere mm-hmm. else. But he uh, he's in full, uh, he's fully certain that this is going to bite that whole city back. Uh, and so it's, you know, of course, this happens like the day before Halloween. So then on the day of Halloween, um, we actually meet our heroine, our smart lady, uh, Lori, Mm -hmm. who is um, walking down the street. Now, one of the things that sets Halloween apart uh, from some of the other slasher films is the soundtrack is actually still quite chilling. And Mm -hmm. at first I thought there was something wrong with my TV because the sound of the music was so overpowering and the dialogue is actually really subdued. And so... You see Lori. Lori's kind of walking around this neighborhood, and she's meeting people on the street, and there's a little boy who's like, hey, you're going to babysit me tonight. Um, Can I carve a jack-o'-lantern? Can we watch something scary? And she's like, absolutely, no problem. And then they stop uh, and look at this old house that was the house that Michael Myers murdered uh, the young girl in. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: they say, you know, that house is haunted, and Lori's like, no, it's not. I got to drop off my keys here because we're going to try and sell it. And so it's, uh, but it, you can tell it's like a legendary house and it looks almost exactly the same, which is hard for 15 years, but whatever. It's fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. So she she's walking, she's dropping off the keys there. We get our first kind of little uh, glimpse of Michael Myers, he's standing in the doorway. Um, you don't get a good look at him because the like the you know kind of that sheer curtain is kind of in front of him. Um, but yeah, definitely some spooky things. The little kid says something, you know, about that house is is haunted or it's scary. Don't go up there. And you know, Laurie is not having any of it. She thinks that it's totally fine. But yeah, the music kicks in, and it's this uh, little riff. Uh, John Carpenter did the music, so uh, he did it himself. Uh, but it reminded me a lot of a movie from 1975 just a couple years before and like Jaws and how this music is building up this tension because you don't see Michael Myers or you'll just get, you know, some glimpses of him kind of here and there as they're going through the town. He kind of keeps, you know, popping up kind of, you know, stalking, you know, Lori and, and this little, this little boy uh, through town and you know, the music's kind of driving, but yeah, it rem- reminded me a lot of Jaws kind of, kind of setting the tension.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's very creepy. There's not a lot of what I like to call boo gotchas in mm-hmm. this horror film. It's just a buildup of tension and creepy, like this foreboding kind of pit of your stomach, um, which I really dig. And it's different because even though the cinematography, like I said, it's, it's some of it, it ages really beautiful. And even through some of these shots where you see Michael stalking her I don't know numerous times over the course of the day and it's a little overkill now as far from Mm -hmm. an aged perspective but some of the shots are brilliant like he's kind of looking at her over a clothesline he's looking at her through the bushes and when you're first looking at this with this music in the background you're like what am I missing because it looks like a normal shot and then you see him and you're terrified it's so scary I love it I love it so much
0: yeah I love he um yeah, he just kind of, like I said, he just keeps, he's almost like a, like some sort of like ghost or a spirit. He'll just kind of show up and then, you know, disappear like in a window or standing like in a yard, like by some like clotheslines or stuff like that. But yeah, he's back in town to I don't know, get his vengeance. I don't. I don't really know uh, what what he's doing. But his his doctor, Doctor Loomis, knows that something's bad. They go to the cemetery to where his mother was buried because they he thinks that he might be there. Uh, it's probably something that you know came up in their uh, doctor <laughs> patient. Uh, is you it know, his mother kinda, or is it kind of thing? Is it
1: Judith that they're looking at?
0: Oh yeah, because yeah.
1: Because I think yes. it's the girl that was his, he, and I guess it was his older sister.
0: Yeah. So they, so they get to the cemetery and like the, the headstone is gone. Uh, that's going to come back later. We'll see that later, but, uh, yeah, just some, some stuff's going on. You know, that things are about to be bad. There's a scene they go to like the hardware store, um, you know, Lori. Lori's like going by, I think, or something. And there have been a break in. There's a bunch of cops there, and he's like, "Oh, it was just some kids. They just took some Halloween masks and some rope and like a big giant knife." And I'm like, mm, "Yeah, that sounds <laughs> that sounds bad. Maybe we should uh, look into who's uh, taking that that more." But yeah, you get a lot of like the little kids in the movie keep talking about this boogeyman character, and mostly it's just Lori kind of you know shooting this notion down um, that the boogeyman is out there.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He shows up like outside the house that Lori is supposed to be watching um, the little boy in is across the street from another house where one of her friends, Annie, is watching a little girl. And so Annie um, is doing, I guess, what normal high school kids do in 1978 she's making popcorn and then all of a sudden she gets naked because she spilled butter on her shirt and she Mm -hmm, goes mm -hmm. into the laundry room and of course he um Michael Myers is there like in the background and it's very scary because you think she's going to, she's going to get hurt or killed and nothing happens. Um, He's just watching her like do laundry. And then she gets stuck in the, in the laundry room. She has to call the little girl to help her. And you're just so scared that something's going to happen. And so Mm -hmm. it's a lot of tension um, in that way, but it's weird because she, well, I think it's weird because I would never do this, but she calls her boyfriend to say, Hey, you should come over. And then um, she asks lori who's literally across the street to watch her little girl so that she can go and hang out with her boyfriend and lori says yes but her um the little boy who's sitting in lori's house sees this michael myers in you know the window of the other house sees him Mm -hmm. going into the garage sees him all and she he keeps saying oh it's a boogeyman it's a boogeyman and lori is shooting all of that down um because she just doesn't believe it. And so they're trying to get on with their night. They're carving a pumpkin. They've put it out. Again, it looks really creepy because you've got this pumpkin shimmering you know, face uh, on the mm-hmm. porch. And um, the little girl is sent over across the street. So the little girl is safe. But Annie ends up getting her throat slashed or something in a car on her way to try and go and... Uh, see Paul and it's it, you know one thing about this film Brian it's not super gory mm-hmm. like you know what's going on and it's certainly not for kids but it's not like um kind of what they would call horror porn or grizzly porn you know is that right. that whole um mm-hmm. genre of films now where it's like unless toes are flying off and blood's like on the walls <laughs> right. it doesn't count yeah. right this was very different and so even though um, it's not that violent uh, or gory of a scene. It's it's pretty harsh because he's mm-hmm. you know he's in the back seat, He strangles her and then he I guess he slits her throat. We don't really see any blood, so we can only assume that that's what happens. But it's like the first the first one uh, the first one down and there's like three more before the end of the
0: film right yeah that's yeah that's right so yeah it's a lot it's a lot more um it leaves more to the imagination i guess as far as you know the uh you know in this type of movie versus you know what a what you might think of like a like a modern horror film would have a lot more gore and things like that but yeah this one's just uh it's just it's just tons of tension because, like I said, because he keeps popping up, and you know, kind of disappearing. You don't ever know when he's going to show up, and sometimes you think he's going to show up and he doesn't. Sometimes you think everything is fine and he does show up. Um, so it's kind of that uh, little bit of a cat and mouse that uh, kind of makes this one work uh there is kind of fun so laurie is you know babysitting these two kids over at the house so they start watching a movie they're watching uh the thing and john carpenter would later go on to make uh the movie adaptation of the thing uh so i thought that that was uh pretty funny i don't know if that if that was planned or if that just kind of worked out that way but i thought that that was uh kind of interesting yeah. that that was on the uh on the tv
1: yeah that was cool that was cool and it kind of was very nostalgic because i remember being young uh Mm -hmm. watching like getting in all in front of the tv with popcorn right after carving pumpkins because we all did that on one night and then you would sit there and eat your goodies and go over your candy and like watch whatever stupid monster film was on um and they weren't meant to be terrifying like this one i think
0: right yeah i don't
1: know um but the kids keep seeing uh michael myers kind of swarm the house right and he ends up uh there's another couple that ends up going to where the house where Annie was, they go upstairs, uh, do the things that, that, that teenagers do, I guess. And both of them end up getting killed. Um, there's a lot of gratuitous, you know, nudity there. Um, and then, uh, Michael Myers, I guess, decides he's done with that house and he's ready to move on to Laurie.
0: Yeah, that's right. So that's where, so this couple, the guy ends up, you know, uh, taking it, you know, taking a knife to the, uh, stomach down in the, uh, down in the kitchen and then you know she, uh the girlfriend's still up in up in the bed and that's where i think the uh the headstone from his uh, sister ends up when uh loomis and uh the the sheriff or whoever end up getting to the house but yeah he's on to on to laurie now so he goes over there and uh they have you know kind of this really great kind of chase back and forth she's trying to you know, get the kids out of there, get them hiding, like, into the bathroom she's hiding. She ends up stab- stabbing Michael Myers, like, in the neck with a knitting needle, uh, and it goes way in, super deep into his neck, and he just kind of pulls it out and looks at it. Uh, no big deal. She, like, stabs him in the eye or something with a coat hanger, um, but he just will not quit. He's is this uh, kind of ever-present danger for right. Lori in this in this house, right? right. There's no yeah. stopping this guy.
1: Yeah. And and what I love about it is right now, the police, you know, they've been told, you know, Dr. Loomis has come back there. He he, he's seen that the tombstone is missing he's seen that there's been a robbery he's like something is really wrong guys and they finally are like oh maybe 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 you're right and so he's like running literally running around the streets of this town i don't know how big this town is but he's running around trying to hear screams of death and destruction because he (laughs) knows that that's where michael myers is supposed to be so he finally kind of shows up um he comes to laurie's aid he's in the you know while they're having this big fight um I love the part, I'd totally forgotten, that this is the one time that Laurie rips off Michael Myers' mask, even for a second. Mm. And he looks like a normal person. Right? Yeah, sh- yeah, um, his got- eye is all messed up, but he looks like a normal person. Um, and you you still have that shock that you had the first time somebody ripped off his, his clown mask when he was like eight. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, you look like a cute little boy, but really you're the angel of death
0: yeah that's right yeah she kind of she kind of rips it off it causes him to pause um lori at one point you know she gets cut i think he uh, he cuts her in the arm or like in the shoulder uh you know kind of area and she ends up like falling down the stairs but they get into this kind of final last struggle she doesn't have anywhere else to go she's up on the second floor of the house but uh luckily loomis i guess heard enough screams or whatever and gets to uh to, the, to uh, Laurie's house and gets there just in the nick of time to, uh, you know, fire a few shots into Michael Myers, which sends him, you know, careening out the window and, uh, you know, falling the the two stories to his demise. But not really to his demise. Dun, dun,
1: dun. <laughs> nope. So Dr. Loomis goes to check on Laurie, and then he immediately goes back and Michael Myers has vanished. He's gone, just like every other time we've looked at him. He's there one minute and gone the next. And, of course, then you get the, the piano uh, music, the Halloween uh, theme song. And it starts – this is one of my favorite parts because after that, uh, you know, you see all of these shots that he was in before. And so it's like, oh, he – he could be anywhere now. You don't know. And because there's no motive uh, that we know of as to why he's acting this way, he could be looking for you next. And it's Mm -hmm. very, um, it's very creepy and it's very scary. Um, You know, overall. uh, Yeah. uh, And that's the way it ends. There's, there's, (laughs) there's, there's very little substance really to this film. There's not really a lot of character deep dives that we're able to do. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the way that it ends. And it's, it's very startling. I mean, it ends kind of with the startling revelation that you know it's this this little boy that committed this murder, killed his sister at the beginning on Halloween night, and then at the end, uh, you don't know what happened to him, right? Because he, I think, I think Loomis shoots him like six times. He falls, you know, down, uh, you know, out of a two-story window, and you know they go over to look for him, and he's just gone. So, uh, you know, it's set up perfectly for a whole string of more halloween films uh and you know jamie lee curtis and um uh donald pleasance who played loomis would be back in 1981 for halloween part two uh again with the you know john carpenter you know wrote that one as well and you know even to this day well not today today but I believe it's October the 14th. We get Halloween ends, which is supposedly the last go for Michael Myers and Laurie Straub. So uh, yeah. So I guess we'll see, we'll see how it ends, but something tells me that like Michael Myers, Halloween's never really going to be really gone.
1: No, no. I mean, we got, we got, I don't know what, 18 films now to watch. Uh, So no, he's going to be here forever. He's going to be around every corner. I mean, the, the, the real question is, is how many more William Shatner, Star Trek, James T. Kirk masks are out there? Because he wears that every single film.
0: Yeah, that's like right. I yeah, I
1: look, Looking at all of them, I think they're all the exact same. So somebody is remaking them. And I want <laughs> in on that business because whoever made the original in 1978, um, they, they should get a slice of that. It's it, it's it's good stuff.
0: Yeah, that's right. Now in the in the pantheon of, you know, when you think of like spooky movies, you know, you get into fall, you get into October, uh you're doing your your horror movie and scary movie watch throughs. Halloween is, you know, it's one of the classics. So it came out in 1978. It was uh added to the uh, National Film Registry in 2006. Um, and this movie, you know, like we said at the top, it kind of kickstarted this slasher film genre that ran, you know, through the 80s, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, all that, all of that stuff kind of stemmed from what John Carpenter put together with this. And it's, on one hand, it's extremely low budget. You know, it, it came together really quickly. There's not a lot of dialogue. Like you said, there's not really any uh, sort of character growth, but it has. It was shot so well, and it was so interesting. And like, neither of us were alive in 1978, um, but it felt to me when I was just rewatching this that this had to just like blow people's minds when they saw it in 1978.
1: Absolutely. I mean it. It had a tiny budget. Okay, it had a three hundred thousand dollar budget. It was uh, written in like the script took two weeks to write, uh, and that even seems really long uh, given the dialogue, right? Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the costumes, there was no costume mistress or master there, right? Like Jamie Lee Curtis bought her costume at a JCPenney. Like she just bought her clothes because they didn't have a lot of money. The production took, you know, very little time and it still inspires fear and it's a very visceral fear. Some of these shots are just great. There's one shot in particular where Jamie Lee Curtis is kind of she's she's been fighting um, with him with Michael Myers and she's kind of looking out the window because she thinks she has finally killed him because I think this is after she stabbed him in the eye with a coat hanger and then Mm -hmm. like hit him over the head with something else. I'm not sure. But she thinks he's dead and then he is standing in the doorway and you don't see his body at all you just see like a shimmer over half of his face where you see the kind of the white gray mask, it is so chilling, and we think that some of these things are aged, um, because it is it's now a 40 year old movie but. there's so much horror films and classically scary horror films in this day and age that really have to tip their hat to Halloween in the way it was filmed, the way that they used uh, the camera as a character. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the the heavy breathing that Michael Myers does when we're looking at everything from a point of view camera to Mm -hmm. the score being like helping to build up that tension. I mean, none i don't want to say none of that had ever been done before but certainly not the same way and so that that's one of the reasons why i think halloween is still considered a classic and people still watch it and you know even given its kind of aged dialogue of totally and for sure you know
0: yeah totally totally and for sure but yeah it's it's a lot of really great stuff um uh, yeah, you just kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, as far as you know, kind of what it went on to inspire and the way that it that it looked and uh, kind of this driving tension that it has uh, throughout, without being you know particularly gruesome or uh, gory in the way that you would think of like a slasher film being. So, uh, let us know out there if you have watched Halloween, uh, where you hold it in your own pantheon of, you know, Halloween great films or October films, uh, you know, kind of this this uh, spooky time of year. Let us know if you're going to go see Halloween Ends uh cuz we want to know that and then you can tell us uh if we should go see it as well. And while you're watching this and having all of your Halloween parties, make up one of these uh, Irish coffee uh, inspired Michael Myers cocktails because it's delicious and everyone needs some pumpkin spice coffee uh, in their hearts and in their minds for this season. So let us know that take pictures. If you do, if you make a biscotti knife, we want to see that too. And you can do that on our, Instagram and Twitter. It's at Drink the Movies and on Facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. If you want to see pictures of our cocktail and get the recipe and episode recaps, all that fun stuff, you can do that on the website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And while you're over there, you should swing by iTunes. And what should they do over there, Michaela?
1: You should listen to us and subscribe to us, but you don't have to just go to Apple. Uh, podcast, you can go to uh, Spotify or anywhere that anchor podcasts are distributed. So uh, you can get us all over the world if you want to. And please subscribe um, to us. We love to talk to you and talk at you a couple times a week. Um, you know, we have a lot going on. There's a lot of community being built around movies and cocktails. And uh, join the fun because it's a lot of fun we have a really good time doing this podcast. It's something that uh, I have always wanted to do. So um, please join us. It's a lot of fun.
0: That's right. Yeah. Uh, join us and join us next week because we are going to keep on with our Halloween theme for the month. And, you know, we, uh, we had a slasher this week, Michaela. Maybe next week we should go to outer space.
1: Is there a monster?
0: There could be a monster uh, that we have. Because in space,
1: no one can hear you scream.
0: Yeah, that's right. See, I'm already scared thinking about it. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go mix up another Michael Myers uh, spiked coffee, and we'll talk to everyone next time on Drink Drink the Movies. The Movies.